on your feet with me. We're gonna jump into the scriptures. Um, we're in the midst of this series called Who We Are. Turn to your neighbor and say, Who We Are. We're dialoguing on our core heart as a community of faith, and specifically, we're looking at some of the aspects of our core documents, or we call them our fluencies. Last week, we talked about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, at least in an easily unpacked way. It means lots of things, but we talked about how disciples are those that live in the green. We, we use this little infographic, as a matter of fact. It's, it's yellow worship and blue mission and community, but it's not one or the other or two. It's actually the intersection of all three. And disciples, followers of Jesus, are those who engage actively and proactively, intentionally in worship and mission and community. If you've ever been at a spot where you're like, I, I don't know, it, something just feels off spiritually. Anyone ever been there before? This is a very helpful framework for assessing and diagnosing the why behind that. Man, something just feels off spiritually. Run yourself through the index of living in the green. How is your worship going? How's your connection with God, spending time with God and his word and in prayer? If that sounds good, move on to community. Are you actively and intentionally engaged with the people of God where you're sharing real life and your real heart and your real self and your real story? If then, move on to mission. Are you intentionally moving into areas of brokenness and the people and the world around you? Are you caring for the poor? Are you outreaching to the lost? Typically, one of those areas will be dwindling or completely lacking, and it's a helpful framework. This morning, I want us to dive in more specifically to this blue community arrow that you see here, and the way that we unpack that here at Greenhouse is called, well, you probably guessed watching the video, microchurches. So Acts chapter 2 is a passage, then we, you can have your seats, and uh, we'll jump into it. I'm going to read from verse 42. This is a little bit of the expanded passage from what we talked about last week. Are you guys feeling good? Yeah? yeah? You look good. So that's a good thing. It matches up there. Okay, this is verse 42. They, they being the first followers of Jesus, this sort of original recipe, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Fellowship is this Greek word koinonia. It means deep, meaningful, authentic connections and relationships with one another. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions, and they gave to anyone who had need. Continue, please. Every day, somebody say every day, they were committed to this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see it in that small little passage. They've got worship going on. They've got community going on. It culminates in mission. All of these elements and aspects are clearly defined. Here at Greenhouse, we call these communities micro churches. Let me pray for us, and then we'll do something a little special. Lord, we love you. You're amazing. Would you move and speak to our hearts this morning and call us to be every bit of who you've created us to be? In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five. You can find your seats. And I will move this off. This morning, I wanted to do something a little bit different. And rather than just hearing me pontificate up here for the next 30 plus minutes on microchurches, I wanted to invite some different voices to share their unique vantage point, experience, and perspective. So can you give wild applause to my panelists this morning as they come on out to share their hearts on this thing called microchurch? Come on over. 
Grab a seat, panelists. John, I'm going to have you sit right here next to me. Oh, I'm over there? All right. Come on over, so I don't bite, I promise. It's right there. All right, I'm going to have these panelists introduce themselves, and then we'll jump in here. And, and really, we've asked them to share a little bit of their heart behind why, why microchurch, what exactly is that in the community there. So why don't we start off with we'll just go right here and do quick introductions. So my name is Julie Keegan Strasser. My husband, Ryan, and I... You knew that I know. Thanks, guys. Um, we lead a microchurch at our apartment in Fort Lauderdale on Thursday nights, 7.30, both online and in person. So we're still doing fidgetal with uh, varied success depending on the night. I am Jamie Lash. Um... <laughs> Live and direct from the screen to the stage. Very omnipresent of you. Wow, you're so spiritual. <laughs> My Lord. I attend the Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, the North Microchurch. Uh, at, at the hub. <laughs> and my name is Michael Velos. Um, I thank you. Um, I attend the Davy Young Professionals Microchurch, and we meet at my house in Davy, right near Nova's campus. Uh, we meet on Thursday nights at 7:30 in person. What's up, Greenhouse? My name is AJ. Um, I'm back. <laughs> I'm the microchurch director here, and I partner with all of our microchurch leaders, and literally they make it happen, and we get people plugged into community, and I love my greenhouse family, and I'm great, glad to be up here. Well, we're happy to have you back, AJ. So I, I want each of you to share, obviously you guys have different microchurches that you've been a part of, different experiences, and so I thought it might be helpful for everyone to hear, not just from me, they hear me talking enough, God knows, but to hear from other voices, um, why should someone consider biblical community and in this context, in, in the way that we use the nomenclature, joining a microchurch. Um, so that's the question. Mom, uh, I will have you go first, since it's both age and beauty compiled. <laughs> Wisdom. Mom, I'd love for you to share. No pressure, no pressure. You know, I was actually a little anxious going to a microchurch the first time. Um, especially because this one, I knew that the majority of people in this microchurch were in their 20s and 30s. Look, I'm 75 years old. I'm a widow. Um, I've had cancer twice. And I've known the Lord for 50 years. So I thought, how am I ever going to fit in with this group of what I consider young people? I mean, what could I possibly have in common with them? And would they even want me to be in their midst? I just couldn't imagine but you know what? I was in for quite a surprise, quite a surprise and a delightful one. I have found myself to be energized, uh, edified by the young people that, that are in this microchurch. And I have been so impressed at their deep love for God and their hunger and thirst to go um, deeper in the things of the spirit. I mean, after 50 years, uh, you know, you can become jaded. You can become same old, same old, whatever. And a microchurch really has been a shot in the arm for me. Um, and it's been actually delightful. And then there was this young man, uh, you know, who looked like, you know, a kid to me leading it. But after a few times at the microchurch, I called my, my son, Jonathan. I said, you know what? He's adorable. He's just adorable. She's talking about Andrew. By the way, he's also single. So you know, for anyone out there that's okay. been praying, I'm just, I'm just saying. Andrew, I'm I, just didn't, saying. I didn't know if I was allowed to mention names, but I want to tell you my opinion 
is that boy is marriage material. No, he's going to make a very good husband. I had a feeling when I asked my mom to speak that it could go in any direction, so <laughs> amen. Anyway, anyway, I really um, have learned things. You know, you're never too old to learn. And uh, no matter how old you are in the Lord, no, no matter how old you are chronologically, if you're open, I'm telling you, I, you know, with these young people, I've watched them open up the scriptures, take turns leading discussions, and I have been enthralled. I've really, you know, been enjoying it. So, and also they made me feel welcome. They didn't make me feel like old. Because who wants to feel old? Nobody. No. So here's my synopsis. I began to see a beautiful picture of the bride that people also call the, the um, body of Christ that we're a composite of young and old, Jew and Gentile, you know, from every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every nationality, but all one. And that's really one of the things, and, and I felt the pleasure of God in being a part of that, that he was really pleased of seeing us all together. You see, because we have the same love. And, and, you know, people are going to celebrate Valentine's Day in a couple of days. I'll tell you, there's only one love. God is love. God is love. And when we center on him, it, it's just wonderful. So I continue to sense God's pleasure as I would say he broadens my spiritual boundaries. And I would like to conclude with Psalm 133 that I think is appropriate, where the psalmist David says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Okay, that's in Hebrew. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Sion, for there the Lord commands the blessing life forevermore. I believe that when we dwell in these microchurches in unity, as a body, as the bride, that there is a commanded blessing. And I think that is what I've experienced, that I've experienced the pleasure of God and the blessing of God. So no matter what your station in life may be, age or whatever, I highly recommend that you participate in one of these smaller groups. God bless you. Yeah, it's good. Wild applause. Mom, that's beautiful. Michael, you lead uh, one of our young professional microchurches. You actually got connected with microchurch as a college student or a graduate student. So I'd love for you to share a little bit of your heart. We read through Acts. There was all these things happening when God's people gathered, to gathered together in both large gatherings and these smaller gatherings. So I'd love to hear a little bit of your heart and your experience with microchurch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when thinking about like why you should consider microchurch or why are they even important, um, one of the first things that came to mind was the profound sense of support you will receive from those in your microchurch. Um, that's kind of my story. Uh, when I first got to, to really come know the Lord in a relationship sort of way, um, one of the first things God put on my heart was like, I'm going to put people around you that are going to help you, that are going to show you me, that are going to point you towards me. Um, and that happened just to be through a microchurch. And so I walked into these doors one Thursday night and didn't know anybody in the room. Um, a lot of the people were younger than me as well. And immediately I was welcomed. Um, I was brought into their community. 
Um, they invited me to, to hang out. They invited me to be a part of their lives. And I also invited them to be part of my life. Um, that was about two years ago. And since then, I've been in microchurch, and, and now I'm leading one in Davie. Um, and another kind of like story that kind of tags along that sense of support. Um, I think one thing that we get to have as a microchurch community is we get to live life together. Um, and so that means the moments of celebration, but also the moments of desperation and need. And we're not intended to experience the highs or lows of life alone. We need support. Uh, recently, we had a guy in our microchurch who was in a tough financial situation that was affecting his transportation to and from work, to and from school. And what was once a 45-minute drive turned into a six-hour bus ride three times a week. Um, on top of that, he was given a large bill to fix the things in his car for it to make it work properly. Um, or told to, to buy a new car. And simply put, he just didn't have the resources to, to cover the cost. Um, so he came to me. I was his microchurch leader. He came to some other leaders as well in the church. And very quickly, we could tell he was just open to help at the deepest level meaning he wasn't just looking for financial assistance, but also looking for help so that the situation never would happen again. Um, and so we, we got together as a microchurch. We planned some things, got open some doors, and put people in his life to help take a look at his finances. Um, we got him a coach to check in on him and see how he's doing. And then as a microchurch, we also raised some funds for, I think, two or three weeks. And we ended up coming up with $1,600 for this guy. And yeah, praise God. It really is a testament especially because we're a bunch of college-age kids. And yeah. We don't have a lot of money, so God really provided for him in that way. I love that. Julie, I'd love to hear a little bit of your heart. You lead a group that meets, I believe, on Thursdays out in, like, the Davie, Fort Lauderdale area. So w when you hear, you're also, like, the community queen. You heard everybody when Julie shared, they're like, woo, because Julie's, like, the shepherd of shepherdess. She's amazing, her and her husband, Ryan. And so, Julie, when you think biblical community, when you think microchurch, what is it about it that seems so important and helpful for others? Yeah, so I, I think for me, it's been a journey of authenticity. And so even in kind of figuring out what I wanted to share this morning, there's so many ways that God has moved in our microchurch in the last year and so many individual stories of transformation and growth, but they're not my stories to tell. And I felt that God was pretty clear through some friends from microchurch, as well as, if I'm being transparent, my husband, Ryan, that I needed to share my story with microchurch at Greenhouse today. So if you'll bear with me, I took some notes because this is not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> but um, so I entered microchurch spaces at Greenhouse in early 2020 with few local friends, I was lonely, I had minimal local Christian support, and a husband who was spending a year in Texas for work. I had just come out of a church where I spent several years desperately searching for community, yet despite my best efforts, I never felt seen, loved, or valued for who I was. When I came to Greenhouse, my guard was up and trust was really hard for me. After trying several microchurches, I landed at John and Nancy's. And they were persistent and intentional <laughs> in pulling me in to community and eventually into leadership. As I felt increasingly seen, not for what I could do for the church or who I was related to, but for who I was as a person. Fast forward two years, and Ryan and I reluctantly accepted the call to multiply 
out a group from John and Nancy's microchurch. We were terrified of the responsibility, questioned whether anyone would actually show up, wondered how we could create community among such a diverse group of people, and also wondered how to connect people that were barely connected because we were mostly online at that point. But I thank God that John and Nancy pushed us and the Holy Spirit pushed us out of our comfort zone. The last year, as we have earnestly sought God's help to achieve our goal of creating for others a warm, welcoming, encouraging community where you're challenged to grow but safe to heal, I've been absolutely stunned at how God has used that community to heal me. As I have made the choice to lead from a place of vulnerability, sharing my humanity and letting my microchurch love me, join me in suffering with chronic pain, I have found so much healing. Previously, in an effort not to let this aspect of my life control my life or define my life, I had kept it hidden from all but my inner circle. Having been burned by religious people in the past and misunderstood by people in general whenever I did share on that topic, I generally avoided it. Yet in my microchurch, gradually, bit by bit, as trust was built, and as I revealed the rawness and the persistence of my pain, I was met with compassion, empathy, heartfelt understanding, and support. And it has stirred my faith in new ways. I see healing happening through the prayers of my microchurch family. And as the pain continues to lessen and I have learned to trust Jesus in new ways, I continue to see his body actively at work, but not just Thursday nights, every day of the week. I love the people in my microchurch, and I'm so excited for how God continues to show up in each of their lives and in our lives together as a microchurch. I would encourage anyone who's on the fence about microchurch just give it a try. And honestly, don't be afraid to keep trying if the first one isn't the right fit. We aren't meant to do life alone. We're not meant to suffer alone. And there's so much joy, freedom, and healing to be found in doing life together in microchurch. Julie, that was beautiful and powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, we talked a little bit last week in terms of when we're talking about that community component, that it's authenticity and it's accountability and it's diversity. And none of these leaders are up here like they don't get commission cuts. People sign up for microchurch. They're here because God's done something in their hearts and in their lives. And, uh, and I wanted to give them a space to share that. So, Julie, thank you for sharing. Yeah. AJ, I'd love to hear a little bit about your heart and your experience with microchurch. Obviously, you care about it enough that you said, I'll devote my life to it in this season here at Greenhouse South Florida. And so talk to me a little bit about what your experience has been. Yeah, I, I love microchurches. It's not just because I work for the church. I promise you, I love it. Um, Akil is actually here on the front row. And Akil, wave real quick. Akil right here is actually um, five years ago, almost to the day. It was Super Bowl Sunday, 2018. And um, I had just moved to Florida. I had been here for two weeks. I didn't know a single person. My parents called me. Uh, they were in Virginia at the time, and they're like, 
um, have you met anybody? You making friends? And I'm like, no. I was, this sounds so depressing. I was literally at the beach by myself just sitting. Um, I was like, Lord, you just whenever you're ready to send people into my life. And so I had like made a list of churches to visit. And I remember I was in the Walmart checkout line looking through my list. And um, I remember the Lord, I had Greenhouse down the list. And the Lord said, go to that one tomorrow. And when I walked in, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, Akil sees me and he's like, hey, what's your name? You know, and so he gets me connected and he, lit, he was like, hey, tonight me and some of the guys are going to watch the Super Bowl party. Do you want to come? And then from there, he invites me into microchurch. And um, we ended up being able to lead that microchurch about, what, maybe a year later. And um, I just really love it because one thing that we saw in our microchurch, we were full of young adults and we had some people in college, some people were um, living on their own, working full time. But one thing that we found um, is there was strength in numbers. And what I really loved, um, I love that scripture in Ecclesiastes where it talks about a three-braided cord is not easily broken. And when, when you think about strength in numbers, you think about, oh, yeah, like we as a unit, we're, we're strong together. And yes, we as a unit are strong together because I don't know about y'all, but I've been through some stuff in life. <laughs> and one thing that the enemy loves is when a believer is alone. When a believer is alone or when you isolate yourself when you're going through something, you're in a very dangerous spot. And I found myself in that spot a lot, like a, through a lot of trials in life where I was alone. But the number one thing where I found freedom was whenever I put myself in community. And so that's the beautiful thing about being in community. And then also there's, there's strength in numbers, meaning that there's strength within the people in your group. There were seasons where I was like on a mountaintop and the Lord had to use me to like let some of the people in our group borrow my strength or my faith where they may have been in a valley. And then just like life, you're going to be in a valley and they're going to be on a mountaintop. And there were times where like my, my brothers and sisters in our microchurch, they surrounded me and they, you know what, AJ, we got you. We're going to help you get through this. And then before you know it, I was able to borrow some of their faith, borrow some of their strength. And so I'm just a huge advocate for, for microchurch. And we saw God move miraculously through there. I mean, um, Akil's wife, Michaela, I know she's here somewhere. She was filled with the Holy Spirit in our microchurch one night um, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we were all sitting back like, God, this is, this is crazy, but your word says it. So it's very much supposed to happen. Um, I was baptized in my microchurch, which was really beautiful. Um, and the, up somebody's pool in the backyard. It was thundering and lightning, which was probably very dangerous. But um, we were back there. Y'all just had a lot of faith. Just yeah. a lot of faith. So, if it's lightning, don't do baptisms. <laughs> don't do that. Thank you. But we, uh, it, was, it was storming outside, and I remember a guy in the group, he was uh, like really nervous about getting baptized, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and was like, you go too. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know, you know. But as the leader of the microchurch, sometimes as a leader, you have to go first, and you have to roll up your sleeves, because in the body of Christ, there is no hierarchy. We're all one. Every, everybody has equal value. And so with that, I was like, hey, you know, I'll go get baptized, and I think I had on shorts and a t-shirt, and I just got baptized right there. And I just remember God really showing up in that microchurch and just producing life change. And um, if I can share like one of the funniest stories, one of my favorite, uh, and I don't know if you remember this, we were going through the book of Colossians and um, we were, we met as like a team, like to decide, hey, what do we want to go through? And we decided to have a rap battle to learn the book of Colossians. And so (laughs) um, I'm not a rapper nor can I freestyle. Um, And actually nobody in the group could either. We all were really bad. Um, but I just is remember there a video of this anywhere. Can we, <laughs> there is, but I won't tell you who has it. <laughs> so I will it? pay you. If you have the video, I will pay you in real doll hairs yeah. to get it to me. There is a video and I know, yeah. Matter of fact, I just saw it. Um, I visited your microchurch and the guy was like, do you remember this video? And I'm like, Oh God, it's still, it's still there. 
Um, so the rap was really, really, really bad, but I just remember everybody walking away and that being a memory saying, hey, remember when we wrapped the book of Colossians and we all studied the scripture and then we had to make a freestyle about Colossians, but I never forgot it. So there's just so many beautiful memories when you get into community, when you get around other believers who you find out, wait a minute, we have that in common, or wait a minute, I can learn something from them, or they can learn something from me. And so I love Microchurch. It's just such a beautiful thing. And um, I know a lot of y'all today are going to get plugged in and find your people. So, Yeah, rapid fire. We're about to wrap up this panel here. But if you had one last thing to say that you're like, oh, I didn't get to say it on your heart in regard to Microchurch and biblical community, what would it be? I have something. Over the years, um, my husband and I received lots of lots of mail from people who said, um, I don't go to a church or I don't go to a temple. It's me and God alone, and we have a really close relationship. And that always made me nervous when they said, it's, uh, it's just me and God, and we're, we're cool, we're fine. And the Lord showed me many, many years ago, that's really wrong because those lone rangers, that's what he called them, are easily picked off by the devil. When it's, you may think it's just you and God alone, and it's great to have that close relationship, but when you don't also, that's why the Bible says not to forsake the assembling together, because you know the, the body needs one another. We need other people and that strength. Otherwise, you know, we're fair play for the enemy. So really, it's smart. It's smart spiritually to have a community and to be together with other believers. That's good. I think to, to piggyback off of that, one other thing that I really love about my microchurch is that there's always room for one more. Yeah, I would say for anyone who's interested in checking out a microchurch for the first time or maybe getting back into a microchurch, um, to just be like patient with the process. Uh, maybe check out a few microchurches, see if there's a, a group of people that you feel you connect with most. Um, but also, it's kind of like first day of school sometimes where you're like, I don't know if I even want to be here. Um, a couple weeks in, you're like, oh, I love school and I have so many friends. Um, That's so, a, by the way, that is a perfect analogy. Yeah. I've never thought about it like that, but very true. It's like school for adults. Yeah, it's school for adults. Um, but over time, it, it gets better. Yeah. Always join online the first time. That's the other. <laughs> That's true. Other Some of my churches have online attendance, so you can like just scope out and turn your picture, your camera off for a little while. And be, okay, these people are cool. Yeah, I would say, no, that's a great analogy. And um, I would say don't, a lot of times when we think about small groups, it's always like, okay, what can other people do for me? But don't underestimate the gifts that God has put in you. It's good. It's good. You are needed in a microchurch. Because mm. remember, God has put a gift in every single one of you. So when you choose to withhold yourself from community, you're actually hurting the body of Christ. So just, just know people need you. You are needed. And you may think, oh, no, 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 I don't have any special talents. I can't play the guitar. I can't sing. I can't organize an event, trust me, you bring something to the table when you're needed in community. So don't withhold that from somebody else. That's great. Wild applause for these panelists. Thank you guys. And by the way, the way we've structured this entire day, we'll wrap up here in just a moment. And, um, and then we're going to have these microchurch leaders as well as a few others that are going to be outside. And we've uniquely, thank you so much, Jamie. And we've uniquely constructed this entire morning to give you a shot and make it as easy as possible to connect. So Last week, I'm going to share two more quick thoughts, and then we're going to wrap things up here. Um, last week, I sort of tossed out a premise that you're never fully alive until you're fully living in the green. And I think it's what we see in the book of Acts. It's not worship 
or community or mission. It's all of the above. It's what anecdotally has been my story and probably a lot of our story in here. Here's the caveat that I did not get to share last week that I think is important to note in this moment. I think that's true. You're never fully alive until you're fully living in the green. Here's the problem. If you are left to your own devices, it will never happen. We all naturally, I think to AJ's point, we all naturally have gifts that God has given us where we're gonna go by default yellow or we're gonna go by default blue and it's gonna take other people around us to help us remember or be reminded about the potency of other components that do not come as native to us in the genius God has given us for us to stay in that space of living in the green. To put it simply, you need community and community needs you. Both realities are true. You need community. You need people who are helping tether you back to the spiritual truths that echo within your frame by nature and that you would be easily, that you would easily forget if you were not reminded by others. And to AJ's point, community needs you. There is a U-shaped hole in a microchurch somewhere in Greenhouse where God wants to use your gifts and your calling and your destiny and your abilities to bring life and flourishing to other people. Oh, and by the way, when that happens, you will flourish and thrive as well. You're never fully alive until you're fully living in the green and you'll never consistently do that on your own. Here's my application and it's quite simple. Give community a try. I I would love it if this week, and this has been my prayer all week long, and I realize, man, Church people are a mess sometimes because people are a mess sometimes. And church people, we all know this, right? Like church people are just people. There's people. That's a perfect time for an emotional chord there. (laughs) Yeah, people, we we try our best. And and I realize that, that some of us in this room, maybe some of us in Guyana watching online, have had bad experiences and we've been... I'm hurt by people, church people. We've been let down by people, church people. We've been disappointed by people, church people. And I very, I am, I am sorry as a church person professionally, I am sorry. And yet the reality that my mom shared is the case. We do not thrive on our own. Even if it's on our own in God, we only wither. And we know that, right? Like we, we know that, but it's scary. And And so my prayer all week long was this, that for any of us that are active in a biblical community, and we call those here microchurches, that that if you've been in, but kind of on the fringes in, and to Julie's point, you're like, I join on Zoom only, never turn on my camera, and I'm really just spectating is what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm just consuming the community. I'm not part of the community. My prayer is that you take a next step and lean in. If... You've been going to microchurch, you're like, man, John, I'm there most weeks, almost every week I'm there, but you're just there that you would actually begin to show up and not just arrive, meaning you're coming ready to be used by God. You're coming ready to be a source of blessing and encouragement to somebody else. You're coming ready to share a word of encouragement. You're coming ready, like you're not just arriving happenstance, you're, you're showing up full of love for God, full of love for people, ready to be used by God. And then, and then last me, if you've been coming for a little while and a long while, and I get it, if, this, if you're checking out Greenhouse for the first time, I hope this is helpful. We'd love for you to check out a microchurch and give it a try, um, but you might not even know if you like us at this point. You're like, y'all seem cool, but I'm gonna give it a few more weeks. Totally get that. But for anybody that's here and you're like, this is my church, like y'all are crazy, but I love, like, this is my tribe. I'm here, you watch online. You're like, I'm a, I'm, this is my church. 
and yet you've been relinquished to the background in terms of community, that you'd give it a shot. I'm not asking you to commit for the next year. I'm not asking you to even commit for the next semester. I'm asking you to try it once, maybe twice if we take this school analogy, which I kind of like there, but give it a try. Ask God, say, God, you know my story. You know my disappointment, my hurt, my wounds. God, you know, and yet, like, let it be an act of faith for you. And yet, I trust you that you are working good works that you've prepared in advance for me, and you've got something, and you love me, and you care. I trust you. And here's my specific ask, like, as, as your pastor, if I am your pastor, that you would give it a try this month. We're February 12th. Super Bowl Sunday. You got another two weeks to coordinate your schedule to make a visit happen. Give it a try this month. We got microchurches that meet all different nights. Some of them have online options, meeting in person, different age demographics. We've done everything we can possibly to set the space and make it a place that's suitable for growth and flourishing. The only thing missing is you. My prayer is that you try it this week. Specifically after this service, as, as soon as we wrap up here, we've got a bunch of microchurch leaders that'll be standing at those high top tables. Um, if you have not yet plugged into a microchurch, maybe you've visited a few or, or it's been a while, you haven't visited a few, on your way out, they just have printed out sheets. At least grab one of the sheets and say, okay, I'm gonna, I'll at least pray about this, Pastor John. Like, goodness gracious. Okay, I'll, I will think and pray. I will prink about what you have asked to maybe possibly do it. Okay, at least do that. At least do that. And then my prayer, my request as your pastor is that if you're not already in a microchurch, you take one of those sheets, pick a group that works with your schedule and just try it sometime this month. Cool? If you're already in a group, I'm praying that you'd lean in and allow God to use the unique gifts, talents, and abilities that he's given you so that people can flourish and thrive. Um, everyone shared their story, so I feel appropriate to share at least a part of mine. When my father passed, it was easily the most heartbreaking, challenging, honestly horrible season of my life. It was my dad passing unexpectedly of a stroke, and then the global pandemic hit a few months later. And so it was turmoil on turmoil. And and my wife and I lead a microchurch, and in that season of leadership, we were not we did not have capacity to lead that microchurch. And so that microchurch was our, they were our community. Like they, somebody asked me, one of my pastor buddies, they're like, hey man, it's a lot right now. Like we're all struggling. It's just a pandemic. Your dad just died. How are you doing? I'm like, honestly, we're doing all right because our microchurch was there for us. Like this isn't some sales pitch. This isn't some like, you know, whatever multi-level marketing scheme. Like I'm not, I'm not also, you know, uh, seller of this product, I'm a client. Like this is, this is life. And God has amazing things for you and he loves you deeply. And for anyone that has felt frustrated and feeling like you're just going in cycles and you're just over and over and you're repeating the same thing, you're like, man, what? Why can't I do this? It's because you need God. You're like, I know, and you need his people. You do, you do. And I know it's scary and I know it's difficult. And I know people got issues and I know that there's challenges and yet I can tell you conclusively it's worth it. We experience it in life, we see it in acts. So that's the 
that's the agenda for this morning. Um, if I could get our, if we could all stand to our feet. We're gonna close out here in just a moment. I wanna pray for you. But if I could get our prayer partners to line the front. I realize that in the midst of a topic about community and deep relationships, it is entirely possible that some of us are still nursing or, or dealing with very active wounds from people or feeling disappointed by God. And so we're gonna close out service in just a moment, but we'd love to pray with you. If you're like, hey, John, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to even commit to like checking out a group, but I'd like to take a step. Here's a great step. We'd love to pray with you this morning. We'd love to encourage you in your faith journey. We'd love to talk about any questions that you might have about God, faith, spirituality, microchurch, or what it might look like to engage. And I invite you to do that. The last thought is um, not directly information about microchurches, but this is more one that's for microchurches. How many of you were here when Pastor Malik shared about the Bible and our, our passion, our longing to be fluent in the scriptures? So over the course of the past, two and a half months. Um, a few of our pastors throughout our family of churches here in Florida and Guyana have been working on um, a Bible reading plan that would help us do that. So we got a thumbs up and in collaboration with YouVersion, which is like the, the Bible app and the Bible Project. If you've experienced any of their content, it's exceptional, really good and good quality and good content. Um, so anyways, we have a, our first Bible reading plan um, that's gonna be dropping tomorrow. So we design, yes, that's exciting. That is cool. I hope that'll be very helpful. Um, so if you haven't already, that, that'll go out via push notifications tomorrow. If you haven't already, if you wanna scan that QR code, if you have the Bible project or the Bible app, I'm sorry, you can select Greenhouse South Florida as your church and then that'll get automatically pushed to your phone. Um, it's a 30-day Bible reading plan. We'll probably come out with those in 30-day sprints. The whole overarching thing, if you're like, man, I'd love to just be more comfortable, more fluent in the scriptures, it's a plan that's designed in 18 months. You're gonna walk away and be like, I actually like understand the overarching story of scripture. And um, so anyways, it's designed to be done in community. So this would be great microchurch leaders. This would be great to do in your microchurches. There's a little section at the end of each day's reading that's just talk about it. And so you can go back and forth with thoughts or ideas or questions. So it's designed to be done in the context of community, you know, right there from your phone via you version. So that's it. Let me pray for us. Lord, we love you. I, I love this church family. And God, one of my favorite things about this group is we move together. January, we talked about prayer and fasting and, and Lord, we moved on that together and we watched you do amazing things in our lives and in our community and, and healings and miracles and supernatural stories and it was incredible. And so Lord, my prayer is that as this church tends to do, that as we talk about not being lone rangers to borrow that term, not being those who try to isolate ourselves out on an island and say, it's, it's me and God and we're getting through it. Lord, we don't just wanna get through it. We don't just wanna survive, we wanna thrive. You want us to thrive. And in order to do that, we need you and we need one another. So God, would you help? Lord, for anybody in the room, anybody watching online and just the thought of giving Christian people a shot again, to let them in it is absolutely terrifying. Lord, would you meet that person or persons right there where they're at? And by your spirit, would you gently speak to their hearts? 
Lord, for those of us that have already bought in and we said we're here, we, we want to be a Book of Acts church in the 21st century, which means we're, we're meeting together. They did it daily. We're at least doing it more regularly than on Sundays. We're going to be a community of authenticity and accountability and diversity. Lord, we mean it. We want to do it. Call us deeper. And Lord, I pray a blessing on your people. God, that we would be those that in the midst of an era of more isolation than ever, that in the midst of a technological generation where we're more connected and yet more disconnected than ever, where social anxiety and depression and all of these mental health indicators are skyrocketing in very alarming ways. Lord, your plan is still the best plan. It's the support that we need from you, God, and from your people. We need a family. We're better together. Would you prompt us and lead us by your spirit to follow the path that you've designed for our flourishing and for your glory? Lord, I pray a blessing over your people. God, bless them and keep them. Make your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lift up your countenance upon them and give them your shalom, shalom, perfect peace. In Jesus' name, amen.